to Seeing Color, a podcast that talks with cultural workers and artists of color in order to expand the area of what is a predominantly white space in the arts. I'm your host, Ziwon Chung. Hey everyone, I hope everyone's doing well. The semester teaching is going by so fast and we're at least here already way past the halfway point. I'm already starting to think about what to do for my winter break. I've got some time in December. I was thinking of maybe going to Beijing or Shanghai or maybe even Indonesia. I'm still waiting to hear back from a few things, but yeah. And um, this past weekend, um, my parents came to visit. They were traveling around China. Their last stop was in Zhuhai. And when they arrived, they also came with a few relatives, some from Hong Kong and a few from Shanghai. Not everyone spoke English, so I had to practice my both Cantonese and Mandarin. And so it was a little bit difficult keeping track of both of them, but it's practice and practice is good. And there were 10 of us, so we rented a van and drove a few hours north of Zhuhai. My dad's brother, he used to work around this area, so he knew a bunch of places and restaurants to go to, and he knew where to eat, and so it was great to just hang out and try different foods. We had really good roasted duck, really good shrimp, and really good double-layered milk dessert, which was quite special. It was the, the way you make it is they boil some milk and sugar and let it cool off so that you get the skin of the milk and then they uh, poke a hole through the top layer and pour out the liquid underneath leaving the skin intact and then they boil the liquids they pour it out with some egg whites and then pour it back underneath that layer of milk skin and then they cool it so that when you eat it you have these two different layers of milk so it was quite unique so overall it was a good weekend didn't get to do all the work I wanted, but at least I'm checking out different parts of China and learning and practicing my Chinese. Anyway, so for today's episode, I'm speaking with Femi Oyewoye, who is a dancer and performer. Originally born in Nigeria, Femi moved to London, where he eventually lived and grew up in. Femi studied at the Brit School for Performing Arts and Technology before continuing his training at the London Contemporary Dance School. Since graduating, Femi has had the opportunity to work with a bunch of different choreographers and companies, including the Blue Man Group and Will Tuckett's Fairies. Femi is also the founder of Black Brown Berlin, which is a website that provides information of quality events and safer spaces for black and brown people in Berlin. Black Brown Berlin started around the same time as this podcast, and we ended up finding each other through Instagram. So thank you, Internet. I reached out to Femi as I was curious to hear how Femi started his project and how his experiences in Berlin drove him to create Black Brown Berlin. We go over Femi's early forays into dance, how he became a blue man, and the importance of information as liberation. It was a fun conversation, and I hope you enjoy this. So yeah, I'm with Femi Oyewole. Hey. And we're in Berlin. Yeah. And today is quite gloomy. Yeah. It feels like it feels like a fall. Yeah, exactly. And it's just July. It's July. Yeah. yeah so how how's how's your day going? You you said you were traveling from somewhere. Yeah, I was just um my day's okay actually. I had a busy week. Yeah. So today was just kinda of like recovering from that week. You're you were you were um, drumming? Yeah, I was drumming, so I was working. Femi is a part of the Blue Man group. Yes. Is that okay to advertise? Yeah, I mean you can <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. I, I mean you can give information. You don't need to advertise because <laughs> you're not get, they're not paying you for it. But you can say. But yeah, I am a blue man for the Blue Man Group in Berlin. I have been a blue man in other other cities. So um, you just say you're you've been a blue man. So it's like, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a funny statement. Yeah, it's a weird. It's a weird statement. Yeah, and that's what I do for full full time work here. And and you were also you did a trip in Italy. How was that? Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was nice. It was sunny. <laughs> yeah, mate, it was so like, and it was so sunny, but also like no no clouds, so just like sun beating down on you and it's like a oppressive sun. 
Yeah. <laughs> you say oppressive? Oppressive, so <laughs> Yeah, in a way, but but I think because we were on the ocean a lot, like oh, okay. the Mediterranean. Yeah, yeah. So it was quite um, refreshing to just be in, like have an excuse to be in the water all the time. You know? Yeah. Yeah, man. And then pizza. And did pasta. you go to that pizza place I sent you? Oh, I can't remember no, which one you sent me. I sent you one. Yeah, you did, right? No, not the not Pizza de Michelli, no? Pizza Triano. No, I didn't. I didn't go no. Yeah. I, I mean, I went there like many, many, many years ago. And I, in my mind, it was the best pizza. Yeah, ever no, much. fair enough. I, know. I don't know if it still is. I totally you forgot. Like, I remember you sending me that. And then we went to another pizza spot that I um, had been to. And my girlfriend, May, was like, yep. Yeah. Let's 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 come here again. So uh, oh, you went there multiple times. Yeah, so, and then we went to another pizza spot, and uh, we had some great pasta um, in Fashida uh-huh. um, by the seaside, and um, it was a family-owned restaurant, and it was just truly family-owned. Yeah. Like the guy came out, and he was just like, "I'm not going to make you food that I wouldn't make my nephews and my my grandchildren." So he was just like, "Here's the food that I would give to my grandchildren," and so the menu. It, there's a menu, but it's just the way like yeah. the food is. It's like yeah. simple, but like yet still, yeah, like no tricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no tricks, but tastes amazing. Yeah, and we were like, oh, this is this is it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so we had a. It's good a bit time. unfair. I think like the you know I always think the only thing going for Italian food is fresh, but also yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That yeah. means so much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, Femi, I kind of got to know you, Femi, through Instagram. Mm. And somehow, I, th- I forget who followed who first. Yeah. But at some point, one person followed each other because Femi owns or runs the Black Brown Berlin group. Yeah. And so I think you started in January and I got into Berlin around September. And that's also when I started to launch this podcast. And I think you friended me or I friended you. And then I think, yeah, we just, I just kept seeing you and mm. seeing your events. And so, do you want to just quickly talk about Black Brown Berlin? Yeah, the sure. uh, mission statement. How how you got about yeah, doing it? Yeah, So Black Brown Berlin is a website. It's a directory of events. It provides information of quality events and authentic safe spaces um, in Berlin for Black and Brown people. And basically, it's just like where to go, you know, what to do, kind of thing. Yeah, seminars, parties barbecues to live music, concert, you know, conferences, conventions, anything that's interesting. You know, we try to reflect on multidimensional people, mm-hmm. you know, so we're trying to reach, you know, trying to reach everyone and all the nuances, you know, within the black and brown community yeah. specifically. Um, and it came about really from, I've been in Berlin for three years and I, my first year I was kind of struggling to find just little things like where to buy spices, you know, or food stuff or stuff for my hair, et cetera, et cetera. And at the time I was living in Mitter and I'm usually good at finding places, you know, in, in cities. I'm usually good at finding where everyone else is. But it just took me forever in Berlin to like find what was happening, find what events to go to. I was going to events, like I like hip hop music a lot to dance to. And I was, I was going to some general events that said like yeah hip-hop music but when you get there the, it was yeah it was like hip-hop music for white people really what were they to be playing? honest well, um, i'm curious what what is the hip-hop music for white people what do they play german white people yeah too. german white people i mean german hip-hop is has its own audience which is cool for it but more so let's uh, let's go from like from the time you're hearing like justin bieber as like the, justin bieber is considered hip-hop here? Right, exactly. It is. It's, uh, oh, that was that was why. That's why that was my um experience. <laughs> I was like, okay, Justin Bieber and Ed Sheeran, like, Wait, I mean, yeah, <laughs> really. And then you might get like a Drake song here and there. You might get like a trap song here and there. Yeah. And then you go back to like your Justin Bieber, your and a lot of white people with dreads. So, yeah, events. white people with dreads, yeah. and. And just just the general vibe of the the night wasn't necessarily as a night as I know it coming from London or been living in New York or Chicago. Just you know, and in, and you know, every city has its own differences. So I can't. So I'm not trying to make everyone the same. It's just more as a dance as as a dancer. I was looking for something to dance to, you know. And 
And usually if you're going out for a night, you want to, yeah, just go out and enjoy yourself. You don't want to have to think about the music. Yeah. And I found that I was finding myself thinking about the music a lot because the music sets the vibe for the night and the way the music is given to the people, you know, the yeah. DJs really set the vibe for the night. And I just wasn't, wasn't finding my experience here that good. Until I met a friend of mine who's an event organizer and she lives in Berlin called Mo and she hooked me up with like events that was happening that she knew of and they were like good events such and such and I started to meet other people and I was just thinking it shouldn't be this hard to to find these events yeah, you know especially that with really the internet. yeah especially with the internet so this is this is a Facebook group called Black Berlin which is an amazing Facebook group they they focus on a lot of things you know and and for people to like feel safe and talk to mm-hmm. ask questions. You know, so it's, it's a really dope Facebook group. And so I followed it and like, there's a lot of people in it and they have, they're having a calendar of events as well, but because it is Facebook, things can be lost in the source because like an event might be there, but then someone else might write a post about something else that happened or, you know, so things kind of get pushed down, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And to no fault of their own, but, um, it just got me thinking like, oh, it'd be good just to have a page where it's just a calendar. Mm-hmm. Like I can look at my phone straight away and be like, What's happening today? Yeah. What's happening this weekend? Where can I go? And and then also having the calendar or the, the the page be a recommended site, so I know that oh, if they say this is this is on, they say it's they they often mean it's going to be good, you know, yeah, or it's yeah. going to be something yeah. in, of interest, you know. So that's what we're trying to build. That's what we're trying to um, aim for always. And when I say we, is my team and I. I have a team. Right now, three, me and two other people, which is a lady called Chanel and a guy called Tristan. And shout out to Maya, who was like part of the team from the beginning, um, but she's gone back to London now. And then we also have a team of um, ambassadors who join us. So Kayla and and Omid, some more to come for sure, which is great. What um, do the ambassadors do? The ambassadors represent us in like festivals or parties. They hand out like fly, they're flying as well. Yeah, they wear like t-shirt actually. <laughs> yeah, t-shirt. I like wearing a black brown Berlin t-shirt. Yeah, right just and it's funny. I was I, I was so subconscious to it because I was like, oh, I need to wear a t-shirt today and just wear a white top. And I came towards. What was the alternative to a t-shirt? <laughs> the t- well, I was I was gonna wear like either. Um, I was thinking, should I wear a sweater? Oh, a sweater, okay. Yeah, or something like what? Yeah, what kind of jacket should I wear? Because okay, yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure of the weather. I didn't wear this. I'm saying I didn't wear this thinking that I was coming Purposely. to project. Yeah. That's fine. So now that I think about it. Um, <laughs> it looks good. Thanks then. Um, but the ambassadors, yeah. And and there's going to be more stuff that they will they will be doing with more projects that we have coming up. But yeah, so that's, that was a kind of long spiel. In simple, Black Brown Berlin is a directory of events for Black and Brown people in Berlin. Yeah. You know, safe spaces specifically. How has the reception been? Do you get feedback from, from people? Do you, do you have yeah. a way to know what kind of impact you're having? Yeah, we do. We get we do get feedback from people, which is great. And a lot of our feedback has been mostly positive, you know. Or, or actually, let me rephrase that. All feedback is positive in a way of like the fact that people are responding. Mm. That's a positive thing okay. by itself. So then within the feedback itself, we have people who have like really good experiences with, with us, which is just like enjoying the fact that we are a source of information because mm-hmm. I think information is liberation, you know, I, and I, Charlemagne and God says that a lot and I, and I, and I keep hearing that and I'm like, yeah, information is liberation. Like yeah. the accessibility to, to knowledge is, is powerful, you know? Yeah. And, and actually it's, it's quite sadly something, you know, we joke about, but actually is not available all the time, you know, yeah. and people of color specifically, you know, so people are really enjoying the information accessibility and then we've got other feedback which is like even at the beginning it was like hey what how about thinking about you know making your event page go to another tab so i can have my i can still have the home page and yeah open and stuff. just like little stuff like that which just helped us out and we were like yeah that's a good idea or yeah just we're, we're, we welcome more ideas basically and yeah. If we think it fits the mission, then we try to go for it. If it doesn't, then yeah. or our, our aims, then then we'll hold it for a minute and see when it comes through. Um, but in terms of reception, it's been yeah, it's been amazing for me. Like at the moment, we have um, I don't know up to seven hundred or more followers on Instagram, and uh, I guess last I saw it's like a thousand visits or thousand five hundred visits this last month mm-hmm. on our website, and um, and that's amazing. It's like. For me, For like six months old, six months old, and just having like I'm really 
I'm really like this, but just having like maybe four people who follow the Instagram is enough for me because it's like, or maybe like 10 people outside my circle, you know, that's like, oh, that's dope. That's cool. Yeah. So then to have like up to 700 and I'm sure there's like only, maybe only eight of them I know. So it's kind of like, whoa, this is cool. It's amazing, but it's also sad because it means that this is a kind of thing that's needed. And then you question why is it needed? Because people might not feel so safe or might not feel like they have the information. You know what I mean? So, so it has a bit of sweetness to it. But yeah. I'm, I'm grateful to be part of focusing on something niche, you know. Yeah, just trying to do what we can do here at this moment and hopefully expand to other yeah. cities. It's yeah. sort of like, you know, the Green Book? No, it isn't. Oh, the... the they they the, made a movie out of it. The movie, yeah, okay. I haven't seen the movie, but... I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know the story. The, book. the piano player, the black piano player. Actually... The white bodyguard. Because I haven't seen the movie, I actually don't know what the movie's about. Sure. But the there's also a green book that was released in America that was specifically yes. for black people. Yes, you're and right. where to go when they're cross-country yeah. driving. Yeah, 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 you're right, exactly. You know? You're right. I haven't seen the movie too, but I remember watching an interview of the actor and him saying what you just said yeah. about this green book yeah. that was made for people, to, people who are black and brown to know where to go. I heard the movie was bad. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I heard it was made by white people for white people. Uh, Always that perspective. Always that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen it. So so, so when I release this, so might. (laughs) But I heard from enough people who I trust. Yes, exactly. That I feel comfortable saying it, but I probably, maybe I should see it. uh, Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, I need to see it too. I also would love to um, check out more history about the Green Book. But you're right. Yeah, I, I forgot that. I mean, that's sort of what I was thinking of in terms of information uh, relationship yeah, yeah. information and also this idea that information is even needed to create a safe space yeah yeah exactly right? and yeah there isn't you know i think it speaks to volumes about this want yeah for a safe space yeah right? exactly yeah which is which is such a sad yeah sad epidemic and yeah. and so um yeah so going back to i guess your history uh, you came. You were in Berlin for three years. Before that, you yeah. were in yeah. So I was in London for. So I was I was born in Nigeria, raised in London from when I was one years old. Okay, and then, so you don't remember uh, Nigeria? No, I be, I really visited Nigeria when I was younger. That's all. And so like, we'll go back. Cause so before Berlin, I was in London for like maybe two or three years. Before London, uh, that time, I was I was in America, and then for like maybe another two years. And then before that, I was back in London again, doing jobs for like, well, and studying, whatever. Uni. For, yeah, uni and then doing jobs in, in London. So that's kind of my history. In London, did you f- feel the need to create something like Black Brown Berlin? No, actually. Okay. Yeah, and I didn't feel like lived in New York. And Chicago, right? And Chicago and Orlando. I don't know about Orlando. I feel like New York and London for sure. You didn't need one. I didn't need one. Yeah. Like there was just kind of... Enough of a community maybe? Enough of a community to find out what's going on. Yeah. You can ask people and just they'll be like, oh yeah, you should... You can kind of tend... I don't know, it's like a, 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 a swarm. You can tend to like find people. You're like, oh, you're all going that way. Okay, let me go this way too. You know, yeah. like, let me just check out what's happening there, you know. Yeah. Um, And I'm not one to always follow the crowds, but just to check out... So London, no. Uh, New York, no. There's also a lot of free stuff happening in London and sometimes New York, but like just free events and free things like yeah. always happening. So, yeah. you know, and and what's different from those cities in Berlin is that for, let's use hip hop music, for example, it, there are locations and venues that you, if you go to, you know, you're going to have a good time. In Berlin? In London and New York. Uh, okay. In Berlin, you, you can't, always trust that you're going to have a good time at a certain location or venue, but you can trust the event. So the event moves around, but the location mm. um, changes. Whereas in London, often the event stays at that same location. So you, so the relationship there is always like, so mm. a good example would be um, the Ritzy in Brixton. Um, it's a small little venue, but really nice, really dope, does great stuff. So even talking about it, I'm talking about the venue itself. But the venue yeah, that produces, yeah, and they produce events, but they also allow events there. But it's the all the most of the events are always dope, mm-hmm. you know. But I wouldn't speak about, I haven't felt the same way about any venue 
in Berlin yeah. to say that. But I could tell you that an event organizer or an event yeah. um, production team does this, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a comedy. It's a good example. Myra's World is a comedy. You know, is a comedy is the event itself. And is is a comedy. Is a comedy, okay. yeah. That's the event. That's the, the production. And, but I, I and, can't, and that moves around. That moves around. Yeah. Like, or, you know, there's no, I couldn't tell you there's a location that I'd be like, oh, yeah. We can go here and it's always going to have a good time. Why do you think that is? Do you think there just isn't a big enough community? I think it's the way business is done here. I think maybe some of the business deals here are not so supportive for for people to keep doing like an event at a certain space. For for people of color, you mean? Yeah, let's say people of like color specifically. The, yeah, all the like you know white gay techno clubs. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, those, yeah. those exist. As, those like, exist. As, yeah, as the same thing that you're talking about. That's Rick's true. Thing. Yeah, you're very right. Yeah, you you're very right. Miller, yeah, Tresnor, Tresnor. Yeah, you know exactly what it is. You don't. That's so true. People don't go. Some people do, but most people don't go for the. Yeah. The artist, but more for the venue. Yeah, that's so true. Actually, yeah, very good point. So in in, in other music genres, you don't always get that. And I don't know if that's, yeah, music deals or, um, yeah, I don't know, ownership, you know, as well. And who owns these places, you know, change of management who are always changing the laws and the rules of yeah. prices and yeah. deals that they're trying to make. So, yeah, I, I don't really know why that is, you know, and still something I'm discovering, trying to figure yeah. out, you know, and also like look into a bit more. I was going to say something earlier about Black Bound Berlin going into, you know, we, we try to... Though we represent focus on black and brown people, but yet we're open, of course, to all allies, you know, like one yeah. of the only ones in the world. We also focus on trying to reach out to big, just companies that are, that's, they say that they represent diversity, integration, and inclusion, and just ask them if they really do and how comes they don't, or how comes, or how are they doing it, you know, and see. And you've been doing that. See if we can, yeah, help and facilitate relationship. So we're trying to do that. Yeah, we're trying to help facilitate relationships as well with spaces that we think should, yeah, should have that. And and I guess want to aim for that, but just don't know how because they are coming from a white perspective often. Yeah. You know, so sometimes it's just like, okay, well, we are Black Brown Berlin. Let us give you perspective and show the way kind of thing. You know, we're, I want us to be proud. I want everyone who's... To be proud, you know, to be, say, you're black and you're brown. Yeah. And and being mitter and take up space, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's the important thing, like, take up space, not yeah. not be in corners. Well, but like, and also, actually, as a reference for people who don't know mitter, oh, yeah, so you, yeah. you want to describe mitter? Yeah, um, mitter's like, yeah, just central Berlin, I guess. It would be the most, the cleanest buildings, let's say that, and, and how do I, well, it's interesting, because it? Well, it used to be, it used, used to be. To be Pretty run down, but now yeah. there's a lot of Money museums, yeah. monies. It's where Alexander Platz is, is, which is sort of like a central yeah. station hub for yeah, everything exactly. else. Yeah. And it sort of is a connector between south, so more like southern Berlin, so like Kreuzberg Neukölln, yeah. which is a very Turkish Arabic communities, and then north of that, which is like Bedding, mm. Prince Lauerberg. I've heard people say like, Prince Lauerberg is even a lot, a lot of black people and black yeah, people avoid that true. more than Alexander Alexander Platz, Platz, yeah. But just, yeah, taking up space, taking yeah. up, being unapologetic, you know, and and being in spaces that like, yeah, we should be here. We're supposed to be here. You know, we shouldn't always have to be in a corner or hidden or doing private events here and there. We can do a private event, but it can also just be in the city center, Soul Sisters, who are dope, and they are um, a Berlin organization, black women and brown women. And they do this thing called a Soul Sister Strut. I don't know if you heard of it. Soul Sister Strut? Strut, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where they they just walk. They just walk. Just a bunch of black women. Is this, is this a, an event or a performance? No, no performance. One day it's just a bunch of them walking in, I guess in Mitter to a, a location. Uh-huh. It's just a, a bunch of black women, you yeah. know, just walking as friends. And got a bunch of head turns. Got a bunch of head turns. Yeah. People like, oh, this is a performance space. And they were just like, why does it have to be performance? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. we're a, black, a bunch of black women just walking, you know. Yeah. And so they, I think they kind of uh, capitalized on that and used that and created like an event called the Salsa to Strut where they welcome and they change it, you know, they welcome mm-hmm. women, those identifying as women, and sometimes keep it, they also welcome people 
um, everyone to be open yeah. as well. From, uh, from all. So I'm only, I mean, I'm talking on their behalf, but I don't know all the information. So I might be incorrect, but check them out. And um, Soul but, Sister Strut. Soul Sister Strut. But what I love about that is just that whole thing about taking up space, mm-hmm. you know, um, unapologetically. And, and, and those are just, again, things that had to be performance, you know, as people call it, we were not performing all the time, which yeah, is yeah, yeah. present, you know. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot of that, you know, Black Brown Berlin comes from, you know, I love that. I, I call it my artistic activism, you know, because it's just it's just one medium of <clears throat> of me expressing myself. Yeah, because you're, you're also a dancer, right? I'm also a performer. Uh, yeah, let's, yeah, I like to call myself a multidiscipline artist in terms of like my mediums at the moment are music and and acting and dancing, but also concert creative for experiential events. It's also one of the major things I do. And you went to uni for dance. But I went to uni for dance. Mm-hmm. I went to uni for dance and learned a lot about history of arts and dance there, uh, contemporary and ballet. Hip-hop. And what was how was that? What was that like? Studying program. Yeah, yeah, that was good. That was I was very like focused in terms of like I knew what I wanted to become, what I was trying to achieve. So I um, worked really hard, and my my year, my co- my um, not colleagues, my peers in my in my year group were, were a year group of like fire actually just. Everyone kind of the standard was high yeah, amongst yeah. each other in a in a very healthy way yeah. that we all worked really hard and yeah. I really valued that you know that was really awesome that's something I really value from uni but yeah I, from there I got to learn so much and and as I grew I grow I, I learn I'm a visual I mean I know that I'm a visual learner but I they become aware of it mm. and and knowing how to learn and teach yourself yeah you know and and knowing that actually I. I'm very interested in like, I've always been interested in marketing because I'm always interested in the psychology of it and the mm-hmm. visual effect of it, you know, and now relating that to like me dancing in a way that from dancing, you're learning visually, you know? Yeah. So just kind of like, oh, like imagery and, and stuff and visual art ideas that come to mind. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, a lot of information basically is not wasted. It's just like used in different ways, you know? Yeah. So, um, but that was my main studies, actually. And how did you always knew you knew you want to be a performer dancer? Yeah, early from when I was fourteen, fifteen, um, I had a teacher called Ray Aldkirk. He was a um, a black male dancer or brown male dancer teacher in my secondary school, and he was amazing. Just cool people, dope people, and we studied dance as as long, as well as um, I studied like other things like math, English, science, business. And so within dance, basically, within all of that, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I was just like, I think I was going to become like something in business, et cetera, et cetera. I think that was yeah, like interesting. something practical. Yeah, yeah. Something that actually also makes with, money. Yeah, you know. Also, you know, with parents being like, yeah, you know, you should focus business, Dr. a lot. Your parents yeah. didn't want you to do dance. No, not at the beginning, for sure. Because they hadn't seen any examples, mm-hmm. you know, of success in that way. Yeah. You know? So, but when we were studying dance in my I guess it's high school senior slash for us GCSEs. I, we were studying dance with my teacher, Ray Adka, and we were looking at the history of dance, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And then we got into like black people in dance, you know, and in the history books that they taught us, it was only this one representation, this company called Alvin Ailey from America. Yeah, New York. From New York, yeah. yeah. And amazing, beast, dope. But I was like, why is there only this representation? In, in, this, in this book yeah, yeah in these books and and i was just like how come there's no british black dancers because i'm living in britain like what and yeah. you're and my teacher's one of them i'm like yeah. you're a british black dancer how come you're not in this what did he say so um he was just like yeah there are it's just they're not as celebrated mm. you know so for me i was just it was kind of that moment that i was like oh i want to be with my own confidence i was like i want to be the first I want to be the first to be in a book like that. So, you know, I represent that. So it kind of got me thinking about in two ways, like a business, because it was like, I saw a lack of something. So I thought I could fulfill it or be the first to lead it. And then dancing itself, I just saw like how, how other ways you can get to travel the world, be paid for it as well. Two things I love to do, like get travel, to travel side. And so from there, that convention was there and, I was like, yeah, this is what I got to do. And then a very spiritual guy and I felt like God was like, yeah, this is the journey that I want you to have, you know. And and then my parents obviously were not down with it at the beginning. But a few things started to change their mind. So I 
after secondary school, I auditioned for, you had to like apply for colleges. Oh no. So what's colleges in America? What uh, do you mean? College for us in England would be, I think, oh, college for us in England is high school senior. So that's 16 to 18. That's called college? Yeah. And then after that's uni. Uni, yeah. No, so high school is till 18, then college is 18 to 22. Okay, yeah. We so, don't we don't say uni, so we just like college and then... Yeah. Uh, or uh, high school or college. master's. Okay, or master's, yeah. Okay, or, so... Or PhD, but yeah. Sure. So yeah, your high school senior is our college. Um, so sorry, so when I was in junior... I was studying dance. And then high school senior, you had to apply for colleges. Mm-hmm. Um, and I only applied for this one college that was like a performing arts college called a Brit school. Only one? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, you knew? I knew. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really did. I was like, I knew, but I also was like, nah, there's no way I'm not getting in. Like, I'm not going to give them any excuse for me not to get in. All right. You know what I mean? Like, I... But I knew, I just, I just was like, and my, and, and I felt God say like, yeah, this is yours if you want it, you know? And, um. You didn't tell your parents? I, I think I did. And I think they were like, okay, well, if you don't get in, then, you know, you had to apply for like a proper college. The following year. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or even that year, I think I had time. Oh, yeah. So, okay. you know, so I, I went and I auditioned and it's a very prestigious school. People like Adele went there and Amy Winehouse. Really? Um, yeah, it's one of those schools. It's, it's, but that didn't that didn't matter to me. I, I didn't care. I, I was like, I'm going there and I'm getting in. And um, I auditioned and I and didn't hear back for a while. And there was like a there was like a I remember there was like a few days and there was like a day that my mom was like, okay, you haven't heard back yet. You should probably apply for a college before it all closes. You know. So I went to get the application for one college that was close to me. When I came back, a letter arrived saying that I had got in. And I was like, boom, you know. And even going to get that letter, I was like, nah, I know I got in. I feel like I got in. I didn't need to apply for it. Yeah, I came back and was I got in. Was it a big envelope? The, the letter. I can't remember, you know. Because in the States, I don't know if it's still like this. It's sort of the, the, they say if you got in, you get a big package. If you got rejected, you get a small because I guess because yeah. rejection letter is just a letter, and then if you get in, they give you yeah, like, all the information, information stuff. Like that. And yeah, I guess it was then. I guess in that way, I got like the information that's package sort of the, and stuff the like stereo- that. The, I don't know if stereotypes are right word, but that's sort of the mythology of sure, like, getting sure, in. Sure. Now, now it's all the, email. Like, yeah, yeah, okay. Sweet. So that's crazy though, because like you get home, you see a thin letter, you already already know, but you, you might not even open the letter, but that letter might actually say something else. Yeah. You know, that's crazy. That's the assumption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or exactly. that's what, I mean, I think it came from, a lot of colleges did give you did do that. an acceptance with a, with sure. a folder and sure, all sure. the information that you need. That's messed up. That's <laughs> messed up. But um, yeah, the letter was, I think, big. And then um, I got in and my parents were like, okay, cool. <laughs> what are you going to do like after that? You know, they're just like, how are you going to... You know, you think about this, like your body's not going to last a long time and, you know, how are you going to make money? And I was like, oh, like, and I, I kind of, and it was great to have that because, you know, they're focused kind of like business minded and we like how to make money, which made me go, all right, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to make sure I do this with the idea of being great and with the integrity of art and what I want to do. But also I need to keep my mind set on the business aspect and make sure yeah. that we you know, I can live from this, you know, and show them that this is possible. And so it made me really hungry in both part, both parts to learn as much as I could. Yeah. And then, so basically the college, Brit school is two years. It's a two year program. Only two? Yeah. Oh, okay. So a two year program. And then, because it's high school senior, 16 to 18, basically. So I was doing the Brit school and then I went to another school after my day at school to do more dance. You know, okay. I was like going in basically. And the university. This is this is not with Ray. Ray was with, at fourteen. Sorry, this Ray was Ray. Ray, Ray was with um, okay. my secondary school, okay. my high right. school, high school junior. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but we're still in touch. We're still in touch now. Yeah. Like he's you know mentor. So I was yeah doing Brit school, and after like the day of school, I'd go to a university called the London Contemporary Dance School, and they had like programs for like young people, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I was doing that stuff, and then basically there was a program that I auditioned for you know, which was called um, the CAT scheme, which is Center for Advanced Training. It's just very intense training for young people, basically. Mm-hmm. And I don't really tell this story, so I'll share it with you. So the story goes, I went to audition for this Center Advanced Training. I'm in my first year of Brit school. Mm-hmm. And and then I went to audition and I, I guess, I, yeah, I did well. And the principal of the London Contemporary Dance School, the university, took me into the office and was like, well... 
we think we want to actually offer you a spot at the university instead than the training program. Okay. Um, and my parents were there with me and they were like, oh, wow. Like, I think for them, they needed to see that. They were like, yeah. oh, that's crazy. But like, you didn't know that. He was going to say that. No, no, no. Oh, no. I just was like, oh, yeah, cool. Like, they like me. We're going to get into the training. Yeah. It'll be a summer program, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then she was just like, um, yeah, we want you to come to the uni. If you think about it, I was, I was 16 or 17 at the time. And they were like, yeah, you'll be one of the youngest ones. Yeah, 16. You'll be one of the youngest ones. But we believe, like, in the first year, if you work really hard, you So you'd you know, skip college. And I'll skip, yeah, the second year of college and go into uni straight away. So I had a long think about it and I was like, yeah, this is what I need to do. This is what I've got to do. And if I didn't do that, I was talking about my year group earlier. If I didn't do that, I would have been in another year group. I would have still worked hard, but maybe it just would have been a different experience, you know? So I'm really value, I really value this experience that I had with mm. the year group I was with just because, um, like I said, it pushed me to become what I am now as well. So I got into the uni. I chose to do it. And do you have to pay for uni or no? Yes, I had to pay. They... They gave me some like other sponsorship, et cetera, et cetera. And then what uni at the time was cheaper than what it is now for like sure. How much? Um, I think it was I think at the time it was like three thousand a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cheaper than than ten thousand. I remember you telling me the States is like fifty thousand. Yeah, it can be yeah, fifty, forty, fifty thousand. Is that for like a prestigious uni college? No. That's just for like standard. Like I think states some states is like twelve to twenty. And then, like, that's in-state tuition, and then... Who's making that money, though, at that age? Like, who, how do you even... That's why, like... Well, that's why it's such a big issue right now, mm. right? I think you've been hearing... A lot of the presidential candidates in the in the U.S. are talking about, like, changing the system, changing the way that the debt system works. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a big it's a big problem. The amount of money, for sure, it's just crazy. For education, that... Like, I was going to say, for education, that, you know, in a way, the the government says, oh, you need this education to get to certain places. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then it's like, oh, you can't you can't work until you get this. But in order to get this, you've got to pay for it. Yeah. But, you know, we're not going to help you out. You yeah. Have to, but, we, but we created the, you know, it's... Yeah, same, same in the UK. It has its own... So now it's more you know, than 3,000? Now it's more than 3,000. I think it might be 10,000 okay. more. I mean, like, mind you, 3,000 even was just like, whoa. Yeah. You know, imagine. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's how I got into uni. So, and then studied there. And, yeah, like, when I studied in uni, I was just, I, I've always been someone who's interested in so many different things. So, mm. dance is, like, it's, it's my love for sure. But it just allowed, my openness allowed me to just learn different mediums yeah. and different worlds, you know. And did your views or experiences change in uni in the sense that like because you're talking about how you're talking with ray and how there wasn't Mm. enough representation dance yeah did that follow through in uni or what was that experience like yeah no i mean yes that the more i got into i I dove it more into the you know the history and and the the more information i started to get access to and see and be like oh okay there is and start meeting people like oh you are doing this and doing that However, it I still had that fight and hunger to be like I don't know if it was I it, yeah it changed in terms of like it wasn't necessarily about being like the first black British dancer or anything, but it was definitely uh, there are bl- bl- like British yeah. dancers who are killing it yeah and yeah. they and they're in history books as well you know but so my so whereas that was my original like motivation my motivation changed to I think really reflecting to people I know to my parents mainly you know like oh this could Regarding money, you can make money out of anything if you really put your mind to it, you know. And and I and I was and I was like wanted to use this as an example of like I can still live my dream and and still make money from it and have those two things come together, mm-hmm. you know. And that was my aim. And while for them also they were like you need to always have they wanted all their children to get a uni degree. That's like their like you have, bro- you have brothers, I have brothers okay. and sisters, yeah. And they're like that's their like fine line. They're like. You can do whatever you want. You had to get a degree kind of thing. So I was like, all right, cool. So I got my degree. And as soon as I got finished my degree, I um, started a job with a company called Deviate Physical Theatre, which is a, in, in the dance world, a very prestigious company in a way that they're just, they just do amazing stuff. And they have been doing for a long time. And they're very legendary, you know. So, yeah, I joined them and it was kind of like, and, and my parents didn't care about that. But once they heard that I was 
going on tour to the Canada and America. And, and they were like, I remember my mum like, okay, you're going on tour. That's cool. And they're paying for you to travel. I was like, yeah. And they're like, are they paying for you? Are they still paying you? And they're like, yeah. So I have tour pay. and I'm also getting paid. Yeah, it was a good pay. Yeah, yeah. At least for the time for sure. And they and you get to travel, you know, and I get to travel and they pay for the hotel and they give me, and then they also give me extra money per DMs to make sure I can eat at those locations, oh, you know? Nice. So, and so she was like, oh, cool. So soon, once she starts like, you know, all through uni, they're supporting me and they start to like support what I'm doing yeah. still with like a bit of doubt. Yeah. And then like with the job, they're like, oh, wow. Okay. Things are really like working out, you know, like, yeah. you know, this can actually be done, you know? I mean, and mind you, that, you know, I've been very fortunate to like work quite often, but I, so there are times like as a freelancer, you're just chilling, you know, and because I'm multifaceted, I guess, mentally that those chilling times, um, I'm actually just quite busy. Like, so if I'm not working the dancer, then I might be drumming for like four months playing yeah. for classes or for bands and stuff yeah. or doing other things you know creating stuff so you know I was always quite active and busy and yeah my parents kind of like started to like you just start to educate them like yeah. often ignorance comes no, no knowledge sometimes often not knowing you know and you know I'd bring them to some shows you know I didn't take them I didn't really invite them to a lot of shows but I invited them to some shows and they would come and they would enjoy it they would see a, like I was one of the main roles a lot so that kind of experience, they were like, okay, cool, you know, and to, you know, to Blue Man, for example. And they're like, oh, yeah, so they're sending so you over to America. You, how did you get Blue Man? <laughs> yeah, so Blue Man was literally just an open audition pro- process. Okay. My best friend slash cousin called Raphael Shawale, amazing actor, killing it. His university, E15, they had received a flyer or like an invitation for actors to come. He knew that I basically I was in London for a while for like a year and a half they didn't and he didn't stay and I didn't see the show and I think I saw like a small like one minute trailer okay. of just like people in blue drumming yeah. I was like and a bit being weird I was like oh this is kind of cool and like me being me I'm just like very interested in anything that interests me kind of thing so it could be dance related or anything but I just tried to adapt to it so that was like some years ago and then he sent me the, he sent me the flyers like hey I think I remember you saying you like this you should check it out and they had an audition and it was like a three-day process, which they cut people. And what were they I just trying to... What, what, they, what was the audition In Blue Band audition, they, the process is... I don't know how it is now, but when my time, it was focused on... Yeah, still focused on the acting, you know, like the drumming comes second. You don't need to know music if you, you can learn music and the job, basically. Okay. But the acting is what they're looking for, you know. Aren't they stoic? I thought they're stoic. The faces. Um, no, I mean, I mean, not I really. I haven't, I, haven't, yeah. I haven't seen. I just what I've seen in the trailer. They're just stoic, but yeah. So no, 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 no. It's a good question. Not really. I mean, there are different like elements. There's like a realm of colors. Let's say that. Yeah. That that each blue man has. Like you, everyone. The idea is that everyone has a blue man in them or blue woman. Okay. For the show, in terms of the show itself, looking for the right actors to you know keep the show alive because a lot of it to keep. Not the show life, to keep the character alive in you because a lot of it is really self exploration, self discovery, mm-hmm. self a lot of improvisation, approaching things from different points of view. You know, it's not like one job where you can just repeat the same thing and you'll be fine. Actually, you need to keep it alive. You have to always continue to um, have, adapt, change, yeah, evolve. adapt, change, have clocks ticking all the time. Yeah. Um, so the process is like workshop based, acting workshop based, and mm. just asking you to fulfill. And to communicate without speaking mm. and communicate through your eyes and the level of intensity, you know, the, the blue man's always, it's always on a high intensity yeah. pace because there's danger, doesn't know if there's danger, but in the danger there's comedy, yeah. you know, and there's like yeah. differences of, agree- of, of our decisions, yeah, yeah. but um, yet still unity, you know, flocking. So, um, yeah, so basically there's, so it's very specific, but there is a blue man or blue woman in every person, you know, a blue person in every person because the, the elements of these colors are childlike or innocent or heroes or um, scientists, you know, shaman, you know, um, clowny, jokers. So we all have those things, you know, just about um, exploring that. And were you a drummer before you learned on the spot? So, um, yeah, I played drums in church. 
and I kind of like got, learned some technique here and there, but mainly played some in church. And then when I got to Blue Man, they're really good. They're, yeah, they're really, yeah, really specific about the technique um, yeah. just to help, you know, especially for the Blue Man drumming, it's a bit different for like just drum kit drumming, let's say that. Mm. So they would, um, they gave me like, and they would give people sessions, period of months sessions before your training to like go with a teacher, mm. practice like single rolls and double rolls just to make sure things are even, you know, things are efficient. Yeah, and all you can do is just practice. That drumming becomes like dancing. Then it's yeah. just like muscle memory. Yeah, you know, just become practice and practice. So um, yeah, that was it with the training. And I had this teacher called Brad, and he was cool. And yeah, yeah, like, and then even getting into Blue Man, you know, like learning still like some unevenness and just trying to get better with other drummers there, and yeah. sometimes being a bit like overwhelmed with so many. There are there are amazing drummers there. So you're like, whoa. Like, I don't even want to drum here. But, you know, over some time you get confident, you're like, actually, the way I drum is the way I drum. You know, yeah, I can yeah. play the drum kit, I can play, you know, um, learn from drummers there and, yeah, just work, you know. Work. And I love drumming, I love drumming. So. Have, have your parents seen the Blue Man group? My mum has. Okay. My dad hasn't. I haven't done, I haven't been able, with, with all, I love my work. There's only been a few shows I've ever done in London, but like just general career. Mm. So a lot of my work has been outside of London. It's to say that um, a lot of people who want to come see me do shows can't always make it. So when I was doing Blue Man first time, I was in the States. And at the time, couldn't afford to get my parents over to come see it. Such and such. It was expensive. Yeah, it was expensive. So now I'm in Berlin. It's a bit more it's cheaper. Easier. Yeah. So my mum's been here a few times just to chill. She's seen the show once. What, what do your parents do? My mum is a nursing nurse teacher and does many other things regarding children, foster care, etc. such. And my dad, he does quite a lot of different things, actually. So right now, he is a bus driver. Okay. But before, he used to work in administration. And I think he's looking into retiring soon. So he's just kind of like figuring out. And did they, did they move to London because there was better, more opportunities in London? Yeah, I really so. My, my dad, he was already in London before I moved here. He had met my mom in Nigeria. And she moved here at the same time I moved here uh, in 1989. And my dad, I think he had been here a few years before that, making his way and trying to create opportunity for himself, coming from Nigeria and doing a lot of different things, you know, and experiencing a lot of things, you know, especially at that time. Yeah. In black Nigerian. Um, so do you have a Nigerian yeah. passport or a British passport or both? I have a British passport. I, had, I have a British passport. Okay. Are um, you worried about Brexit? Yeah, I'm not too worried, but I'm like... Interested to see what's going to happen. Gonna, yeah. yeah, I think, all I think the myself. world is yeah. interested to see what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I'm most interested to see what happens like regarding contracts, regarding, mm. you know, what kind of deal they make with European members and just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, it's stupid. It's stupid, but, you know. <sighs> yeah, what, so do you have, what's your um, plans moving forward? So we're, we're Black Brown Berlin as we're growing trying to produce some of our events. We actually have a hip-hop branch coming up on the, on the 4th of August uh, in collaboration with Myra's World, um, who does that comedy show. And um, we have some more events coming up that we're producing ourselves. So we do that. We also have some merchandise that we're selling soon that people can get access to to be bold and unapologetic in Berlin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think... On your website, you don't have a shop yet, right? Not yet. Not yeah. not in a not an available shop yet. Yeah, let's say that. Yeah, it's there, but it's not um it's not open yet. So we're just finishing it off, and then we'll put it out there. Yeah, and we're just trying to become like uh, the number one recommended site, to be mm-hmm. honest, so that people feel safe and find where to go and yeah and trust us, you know, and and really share that knowledge worldwide. Yeah. And hopefully, I really you know people have been reaching out to us from different cities. Um, all over or within Germany? All over Europe. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, all over Europe, which is, and, and cities that are, I would say, our focus, you know, places that are not so maybe well-known or, or well-known, but so like Zurich or places in Romania, Vienna, Marseille, other places, it's like, people like, hey, black people from there, like, hey, can you do this over here, please? We need this. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, we want to. But we're just trying to make sure we find the... Um, yeah, right. Financial support as well, so the, yeah. the team and I can, you know, my aim, my dream would to be be able to work from this full time, so I can um, do more. You know, we do marketing a lot as well, promotions for people and um, PR, so for um, artists or whatever events that we we support. 
yeah. you know, and organizations we support. Some blogs coming up. So we have quite a lot coming up and that we want to do and, and also like creating relationships with certain brands and certain buildings, for example, you know, in cities like um, in Berlin and trying to you know, reestablish and reform kind of like, yeah, what it looks like to have black and brown people actually always, always absent, uh, like um, present. Present. Thank you. There you go. Yeah. Always present, you know, yeah. and, and, and not forced to be or not from the white perspective or not so like because it's a cool, trendy thing. It's like, no, we're here. This yeah. is where we're supposed to be. Yeah. This is a space I can always be at, you know. So we're just trying to grow in that sense, you know, and like I said, learn what ways to, you know, help ourselves monetize that as well. So we can, because um, I believe also in financial empowerment, you know, and because and that will just help support us to grow and do what we want to do and and be able to con- continue to make the site free, you know, because that's important to me. And, and have information accessible, you know, to everyone, you know, mm-hmm. and um, partnerships. Yeah, like a musician um, once had contacted us from the States called Madison McFerrin. Uh-huh. Um, and she was here in Berlin and she was just saying how her promoters in Berlin wasn't really, were promoting, but her, a lot of her audiences are very white. You yeah. Know? And she's very much like, she's a brown person, black brown person. So she's like, where are the black brown people at? <laughs> like they should be here because yeah. this is the music for them too, you know. Like, and um, so creating partnerships with people who are interested in, you know, making sure that there's a representation there for them. Yeah, because we should be there. Like, that's, that's, that's the only reason why. Like for me, a good example. The reason why I didn't know about Madison McFerrin is because it wasn't in any of the circles. It wasn't promoted in any way to yeah. anywhere on any. Um, like um algorithms you know so and that's very interesting checking that all out so yeah we're just trying to really expand you know reach everywhere as we can and i mean there's issue also just like just people i think i mean the whole point of the site is sort of to acknowledge your presence because i think a lot of yeah. people don't think that it's uh, a present, yeah. people of color exist here or, yeah. is, or is even a problem yeah 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 right and most a lot of Germans see black and brown people as, you know, only uh, migrants yeah. or people fleeing from yeah, exactly. from uh, Africa yeah. or I guess in Berlin more specifically, you could think of them, but most people see them as like drug dealers. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Gr- girly. Yeah, specific, yeah. And I think I had a friend, Lavender, <laughs> yeah, and he was like the first time he arrived, like people were just always asking him, like, can I have drugs? Drug, same, yeah. You same know? here. But hey, can I like... <laughs> yeah it's annoying yeah. It's, it's like just to change just to change the representation is my it's my um it's my it's one of my i don't want to say yeah one of my focuses you know yeah. representation in in all factors yeah. so leading on to that like me personally um i'm very interested in like representation in media and and the slyness of it psychology of it so i'm always interested in like visual art from that Mm-hmm. So I have some stuff there, and and I have some some musical ideas I want to do, and yeah. then some own like concept events, concept creative events that I produce that I have produced in London that I want to try reproduce here. And it's nice because some of them can come through Blackbound Berlin, which is kind of cool now that I'm seeing. And some of them can just be solo. So yeah, it's just all about synergy. Yeah, synergy, really. You know. Do you fear? I mean, one of the things I'm I mean, I'm sure you thought about, but just like as you get bigger, how do you maintain? How do you, I guess, ensure a safe space, right? Because yeah. the bigger you get, the more stretched thin of course, yeah. you are. And it can be, you know, impossible yeah. to make sure Contain. every space is safe. Yeah, right? exactly. I think I told you also last time we met, yeah. I went to one of the events. And then it's like, I went with my friend Yvette. And then it was like, Just white, all white people. Yeah, and I was exactly. like, um. Yeah, I know. And it's great because, like, you know, we always say to people, like, you know, we can't be everywhere. Uh, all our team can't be everywhere, so we need this information from people, you know. So even when you said that, I went to go check out the event itself, and I was like, "Yeah, actually, this is, you know, because it's two. It's a difference between. Oh, I've taken up the website. I say that but it's a difference between a space that has all white people, but it's a space, but has the ability to have black and brown people and people of color to be there, you know. And there's a different. And the other difference is like a space that is all white people that's just from the perspective of all white people yeah. and always just for white people, but say, but using a appropriation for yeah. that. And so there's, and for me, like, I'm interested in definitely like taking over spaces, you know, that find out seem to be more white people there, but actually 
if we're if we're there, is that cool as well, or is it uncomfortable, mm-hmm. or how uncomfortable is it? Is it uncomfortable because it's because we're getting looked at, we're getting stared at, or is it uncomfortable because you feel like you're the only one, but actually no one's actually bothering you? Yeah, that's our ongoing process, you know. Like, yeah. uh, and then there there is the opposite, which is like I said, the other, which is spaces that you go to and it's all white, but you feel definitely like you are the only one that's out there, yeah. and you feel uncomfortable because they make you feel uncomfortable. And those are spaces that I also want to be aware of so I can tell people, yeah, you know. If and it's you, hard because you, you also it changes too. It changes, right? I mean, like, yeah, it changes. Like why people always love to take over. Take over, you know. <laughs> I don't want to mention a name, but yeah, a good example is one big organization in Berlin. And, you know, that space is changing and the people who are black there are of lesser power in a way, you know. Yeah. And so trying to change that. And I mean, to answer your question, how do we maintain that? Is, is it ongoing? Is it... It's an ongoing push and pull, which is which I, I love about it because it allows us to continue to never be comfortable, you know, mm-hmm. and and continue to be very aware yeah. of all of that, you know, and continue to grow and allow me to um, develop like teams, you know, to, you know, um, be able to like keep going and assessing and vetting because we go out to vet events as much as we can. So like and to continue vetting, you know, and continue challenging, continue having conversations. Yeah with these organizers and continue being there and be like, okay, what's it feel like? You know, what does it really feel like if someone you've, if they don't know this person's part of black brown Berlin, how do they really treat this person? You know? Yeah. And, um, do these events know that affiliation that you're promoting? Um, like as in when we were exposed them, you mean? Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. Like oh, when you say like every Tuesday, every Thursday, these oh, events, yes. do, they, do they know that you're advertising it as that on Black Brown Berlin? Yeah. Yeah. They do. I've messaged like a lot of the organizers and just kind of, when I first started it, I kind of messaged a lot of organizers and letting them know like what we do and the information that we'll get from them. And also that we'll expose them if there's any abuse, mm. there's any um, harassment from their venue or event, like we'll, we will expose them and then we'll also hold them accountable, mm. you know, and we'll challenge them. So with that, yeah, they also know that their event is on our site and, you know, the, the email also says like, you promote the idea of a safe space yeah. for black and brown people. So we're going to check out your space and, you know, vet it, you know, such and such. You know, and again, like good examples, like the place that you went to, there's a time where, like maybe a few times I had been there. I was like, oh, okay, this seems like it's actually happening for black and brown people, you know? So then now, like, like you said, it's changed. So when you've been and your friend and coming up with that feedback, like actually this space doesn't feel so comfortable, then it's like, oh, cool, thank you. Because there's always these new events coming up and yeah. then these older events are like, oh, actually this has changed, you know? So, and and those questions, like why has it changed? That, that's the really good question. Why has it changed? Who's changing that? Who, who, what's from the top coming down? Like yeah. who, who's, who's allowing who in, you know, how people being treated. So it's an ongoing conversation for sure. And I think, but I love that because it means even as we grow bigger, we can still get to the heart of like, this is an ongoing conversation. How do we continue to stay on top of this and, and be aware of it, you know? But yeah, it's tricky. I'm, I'm, we're not perfect. We're, we're, we're definitely gonna you know we're definitely we'll make mistakes and we're learning as we grow and yeah i just hope that our support can continue to support us in every way you know to support us um willingly but to also give us information and teach us you know like that's that's what i really am about we're just trying to be a a hub of learning you know yeah and and giving out what we've learned to others so yeah we'll see we'll see how it goes yeah, and I was gonna say, uh, color podcast. How we, why we had found you well, before everyone. I had a team. I think I'd seen you on Instagram, okay. um, and I thought it was interesting what you were doing. Yeah. So I just followed you, and it's like followed you from that Instagram. I was like, yeah, this is dope. And then I, I guess you had met someone from my team, I or you spoke to. Well, yeah, I mentioned now. You mentioned now, yeah. And it's it, was a, like, it was this weird. I think we were with Rosa Kaleta. Yeah, right. Yeah, and uh, and then Chanel was like giving Yvette and I like black and brown Berlin stickers and you should, she's like, you should follow this. And I was like, Oh, I already do. And then she's like, I'm in charge of oh, amazing. Yeah. the uh, social media thing. And then, yeah. and then later on, I think Yvette and I wanted to go on a, on a national holiday. So I, but I didn't know Chanel's Instagram. Oh, right, right, right. So I contacted 
that round. Black round of directly, course. and then Chanel just happened to be not on it. And I was yeah. like, oh, this is awkward. No way, no, it's <laughs> I was cool. Like, it's yeah. cool. And you had responded. Yeah, like, no way, it's because I have access. Yeah, so, um, no, but it was great. I got, I got to meet you and yeah. get to see all this incredible stuff that you've been doing, which is... Okay, <laughs> I don't know, I, I think it's really dope. Like, it caught my eye when I saw it, and I was like, yeah, this is needed, you know? And it's just, it's so interesting how many things are like, just even this, like the website, the calendar you know how many people came up to me i think that and not to i think there has been stuff like this done before like i'm not i don't feel, i don't know if i don't know if we were the first or anything but um i think some some people have done it and then mm-hmm. they've left you know and yeah. like such etc but you know it's just interesting how many people come up to you like yeah this is so needed like someone needed to do this you know and it's just like why yeah i think the hardest thing is creating foundation yeah i don't know what the foundation is in berlin yeah. My friend, she, my really good friend, Carol, she's working in Philly, but she had come from Houston and she was, and she, but she also had a lot of activist background in LA mm. and she was saying the difficulty in certain cities is there isn't a foundation, mm. right? People move away to other cities, yeah. right? And so yeah. like you've got these certain particular hubs, right? Like LA, Chicago, New York, and the States at least mm. where there's a history of certain communities that has built up yeah and so there's certainly. therefore a foundation something <clears throat> so like if you can imagine a black and brown berlin that's been here for 50 years yeah exactly. right? what does that change it means when people move here there's an immediate network for them yeah to, exactly yeah to populate and also maintain itself whereas yeah. if you leave right like that black and brown berlin will die It'll and change. all the resources but not only that but the information the foundation yeah. the structure yeah. that's there disappears and yeah if someone wants to do it again they have to do the same thing you had to do and yeah. restart over. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know what that foundation is yeah. in Berlin, you know, and I think that's sort of the most difficult thing. Yeah, exactly. all this work. Yeah, it's very true. You know, and, and, and also, like, that to take away from, like, the amazing organizations who are doing stuff here already, like, each one teach one that have been around here, or Afropolitan, mm-hmm. like Africa Avenir, ICD. Um, there's other, like, institutions that I might be missing I mean, there's but a number of them. There's yeah. a number of but them. They all seem but to have come up pretty recently. Yeah, 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 exactly. Especially in, with, a, with social media coming up and make it and Black Lives Matter. Sorry, Black Lives Matter Berlin mm-hmm. is another one. Yeah, you know, and what I've what I've enjoyed about seeing this like calendar, for example, that we created for Black Brown Berlin is seeing like you know other organizations who already were trying to create a calendar too, but didn't manage to because they were kind of busy or maybe other focus. Yeah. And then, like, as we kind of created, because our focus is the calendar events, boom. And then um, kind of seeing, like, other calendars pop up as well, which is amazing in that, like, just showing what, like, Black Lives Matter Berlin showed, like, what, some stuff they're doing and stuff that's coming up regarding their focus. And, um, and I just love that kind of, like, there's, like, a healthy competition in a way of, like, mm-hmm. I guess, information. But, you know, the more that's out there, the more it helps create a foundation, the yeah. more it helps create, like, oh, actually, like, if I were to leave and, or I don't know, so after a few years, if I were to leave and something happened, like there's still this kind of hub here already where people can be like, oh, okay, this is where I can get information from or this who can take over, you know? Yeah. So I, I love that. I love the fact that, you know, they're these organizations doing amazing stuff or have their own focus. Sometimes it does feel in Berlin, feel quite separate, you know? And I think for us as Black Band Berlin, we're very like, objective standpoint of view. We're not trying to be this or that. We're just trying to, give all information that's out there, you know, yeah. hopefully help You're also connect. a curator, though. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're not, yeah, it's not, you're not yeah. indiscriminate. In yeah, the, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So we just try to, yeah, create connections, you know, and, and network. And uh, a sucker from the World Cafe said it best. She was like, you're like creating a web, you know, you're just trying to create more yeah. webs, just connect, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a, that's the aim. That's the hope. That's, that's, and that all comes back down to me as a person, like the source of connection. Mm-hmm. Like I love trying to be someone who can help connect people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's all intertwining artistically, spiritually, humanistically. And, you know, yeah, all of that comes out. So and then further, I try to grow in myself. I hope the further more things start to come out, you know? Yeah. So, <coughs> so right, Cool. Anything yeah. else you want to talk about that I missed or? Oh, no, that was, thanks for having me. Thanks for the talk. That was great to. Yeah. Um, you want to just do some plugs for yeah, things? Yeah, I'll do a plug. So you can find Black Brown Berlin on the website, www.blackbrownberlin.com. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Black Brown Berlin. 
And um, those are our two main focuses. You can also find us on Facebook, but our Facebook is um, our Facebook is also Black Brown Berlin, but it, it's there. Let's just say that. Okay. But we mainly use the website and Instagram. Yeah. You know, you can really get the oh, vibe. And you should mention, I mean, I, I think maybe you're, you might change this, but how on the Instagram posts are there to direct you to the website. Yes. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, no, good point. Yeah. Because, and I don't know, something to think about, because for me, when I go through, I, I don't, it's sad, right? But we now, I feel like you get information more easily through apps, right? Yeah, so definitely. I get my information a lot of times, especially if I were to go to Black Brown Berlin, I probably wouldn't go to your website. Sure. Yeah, cool. And so like. No, that's cool. And totally, yeah. no, great. To, like at the moment, the Instagram is our like storefront. And we're just kind of showing what's happening, but we are changing up a lot more so that people can remember to go back to the website. You know, the website is so easy. On the, there's a link on the Instagram to go to the website and it gives you um, the, more information on the website itself. But yeah, we're just continuously working on that. And Chanel has been doing a great job creating a vibe. And Maya earlier on, she, she killed it, just creating a vibe for what we're trying to do in Tristan's doing dope stuff in like in the company as well. And just, yeah, we're just trying to like, you know, it's an ongoing conversation, which is, and, and why it's important to always have different perspectives in the team, you know, to continue to, you know, you have, you have the, you have the car, you have, uh, I might be driving it at times, but sometimes you give the wheel to someone else and you're like, yeah, like, cool, let's go, your, let's go that way, you know, mm-hmm. but we still are in the same car together, you know, trying to yeah. get on the route. So, and the road keeps changing. So, Cool. All right. Thank you, Femi. Thank you. Thanks for having me so much. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Seeing Color is recorded, edited, and produced by myself, Ziyuan Chung. Original music by Alex Chow. You can find more information on the website www.seeingcolorpod.com or on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under the handle Seeing Color Pod. If you enjoyed this show, please go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and give Seeing Color a five-star review. This really helps others discover the show and provides greater visibility for everyone on Seeing Color. Again, Thank you so much for listening and goodbye for now.